Hello, this is Mary. And this is Chandler. And you're listening to The Miss Fisher Files. Welcome back. Today we're talking Murder Under the Mistletoe, Yay! season two, episode 13. And this My is- favorite! <laughs> This is the Christmas episode, so waited so long. It's still kind of part of season two, but like bridging the gap between two and three, it's kind of it's it's a Christmas episode. It's now in with our canon of Christmas movies that we watch every year. Oh yeah, you've worked it in. Oh Oh, yeah, we did it last year. We'll do it again (laughs) this year. Well, helping us talk about this particular episode is Eric Hanberg, who is a friend of the show in so many ways. Uh, First of all, he's my husband. Secondly, he like helped, uh, I guess you inspired the podcast, really. You said, you should do that. <laughs> I did say that, yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> and you set up like the infrastructure. So much of this podcast is due to you, Eric. Major friend of the show. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. So, it's really good to be here. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric, you are also... I think you, we should say murder Christmas now. Oh, no. I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think it's going to catch on. <laughs> um, so Eric, you, in addition to many things, are an author. That is true. Of several mysteries. Two of which Including place, a, Chris, a Christmas-themed yeah. mystery. Okay, yeah. one of them was the Christmas-themed mystery. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to have you on for this yeah. episode so we can talk about like story and, you know, mysteries and whatnot. And murder under the mistletoe. Yes. yes. Yeah. What is it with Merry Mayhem that is just, just works for holiday? It totally works. Uh, do you, the, the director, Shane Black, I don't know if mm-hmm. you know who this is. He's a writer, director. Almost every single one of his movies, which are usually action movies, are set at Christmas. Lethal Weapon, Iron Man 3. Oh. He, he just takes movies and he sets his action movies at Christmas hmm. because it heightens the emotions, he thinks. It gives better visuals for a film. That's smart. And, yeah. and people are just a little bit out of the r- routine. Like, he's got a number of reasons why he sets movies at Christmas, even like even when they come out in July. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, huh. Iron Man 3 came out in July and yet it was set at Christmas. Wow. That's I think it. there's some catharsis too. Like one of my favorite movies is The Ref. But but The Ref is is a see. I think actually that this episode goes wrong, and mm. I think The Ooh. Ref is a great we're, example. We're just, going, we're just there, huh? going in there. The Ref is a great example of why some Christmas specials work really well when you like do the mayhem and murder at Christmas and, like, and the dysfunctional family stuff. Yes, like that's why the ref, I don't know if you've have if you've seen the ref. I haven't seen it. The no. ref is a Dennis Leary plays a burglar who takes a whole family hostage, but it all goes wrong for him because they're having this massive hostage on like Christmas Eve. Yeah, and so they're having this massive family fight over Christmas, and Glynis Johns is the matriarch of this family who's like the most screwed up of all of them, and they are so busy fighting with each other that they barely even notice that this guy is trying to hold him hostage. <laughs> the, and, the kidnapper has to be the ref between yeah. this. He's and, like the most functional part of this right. dysfunctional family. <laughs> and and so that to me works really well because like it is about family relationships. I feel yeah. like a Christmas episode has to be about either family relationships or yeah. romantic relationships. Yeah. And this episode of Murder Under the Mistletoe really does not do either the family relationship very well hmm. or I would say 
the romantic relationship well, which really gets shoved uh, to the no, side. No, they basically get neutered in the majority of this episode. So <laughs> it, 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 it takes, I think one of the reasons that this one doesn't work for me as a Christmas show is that it doesn't, it doesn't deal with like peace on earth and goodwill toward men. I mean, like when it really comes down to it, <laughs> like, like themed murders with the, the 12 days of Christmas. That's awesome. I love that. I did not. <laughs> and actually, uh, let, let me rephrase. It could have worked awesome. Yeah. But here, here's, where, here's where I think that they went wrong with the, the plot element of this. First of all, it's, it's a clear homage to Ten Little Indians. Which uh, I've, I've not. Which is also called And Then There Were None. Although I did not know this, uh, but originally it was actually called Ten Little N-Words. Oh, no. Yes. And then oh. it became Ten Little Indians, less offensive. <laughs> and then it was, and then there were none. Right. Um, yeah. Jeez. It's also one of the absolute best-selling books of all time. And basically, it takes a, a rhyme, like a children's rhyme, oh, and right. then the people, and it counts, and then the people are killed in a manner related Befitting to that, the, yeah. that thing. So, right. so this is really an homage to Agatha Christie. I, mm-hmm. That's how yes. I see it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and anytime you're going to set up like a themed murders like this, it's going to be tricky because like mm-hmm. you're like, why is someone going to go to the effort of theming their murders? I guess that falls under my whole thing of murder mysteries in the first place because it's like, why? Why? Is, yeah. They they had the right elements, but I feel like they they went wrong in like the why the why the murderer. Yeah. Did it this way was so weak. It's like, and Franny's like, and to use the 12 days of Christmas just to get at Aunt P, despicable or something like that. I'm like, really? That was like why <laughs> we themed the murders? And most of the murders that were planned, even the ones that weren't committed, but most of the murders that were planned were totally unrelated to the disaster at the mine, which the That's guy true. said, I did it for my own amusement. <laughs> which, like, you can't do half of the murders just because it'd be... For funsies. For funsies. Okay, like, it but, doesn't, that part doesn't work. But the cows really was... That was hilarious. With, like, Birdie dead with the milk and all the little cow... Like, that made me laugh so hard that I did a little drawing of it in my notes. That was for funsies. At least for me. He just, he just wanted to play with the toy cows. That was really it. It's like setting up the cows. I honestly think that, yeah. that plot-wise, this one went wrong from like almost the very start. I'm basically only here for the sweaters and the interiors anyway. So I, I did like the sweaters and the interiors. I, love it. I, I did like that. But like from the very start, like you know, the, the door creaks open and this hand comes around the corner and like turns on the power <laughs> at the right time. Obviously, you know, like they're not looking at the person. Like it it that scene right there was unbelievable. Actually, the worst part of that murder is having to hear that damn song over and over and over again. Mm. You're just like Aunt P. That, but that, ver- that particular version of that song <laughs> is so bad. It was, was, was that, a you, you would know- a pear tree. Like the way they slur that, like I want to punch them. <laughs> I want to go back in time and punch them in the recording I think, studio. I mean, isn't that what the song does though? Like it kind of, yeah. oh, and, it's, it my greets, favorite, it greets the second time my, through. My favorite version of it is the Alvin, Simon, and Theodore version because <laughs> oh. it descends and they don't finish it because, right. of course, one of them's a troublemaker. Which one? Yeah. Uh, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin's the troublemaker. And he ruins the song. Okay. So you don't finish it. So you don't get Oh, my favorite version of it is Garrison Keillor's version. Yeah. He does it only with sound effects. Oh, so on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
That's pretty great. It's really great, and it's very short. That's really great. So originally, apparently, it was like a party game. And you would do it in a round. Oh. And then, like, you would do, you know, five golden rings. And then if you screwed up any of the ones that came before you... You had take to a shot. Drink, you, yeah, you know, no, it, it would be like you had to, you had to like give a give a prize or you know like like there would be a thing that you would have to do because okay. you screwed it up. So so it would be like a party game. Penalties, penalty game. Yeah, a pen, yeah. with with penalties. Oh man. But and we're, we're talking like you know seventeen hundreds or early eighteen hundreds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you messed it up. Exactly. <laughs> stabby stabby. You know, if you are given the number eight card, the little the little gift tag with the number eight on it, maybe you should stay away from the milk. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> or figure out who has seven, and like you know, when like they die, like lock get yourself out. in your room yeah. or get out or, yeah. I, I think one of the other structural problems that I had with this is, and I didn't realize this until rewatching it last night, like getting ready for for this recording. But once you realize. Like watching it again and realizing what they're gonna do, mm. I was shocked at like how few people were there. The whole first act is like just Dot or Franny walking through empty rooms looking at things, and like <laughs> there shouldn't be empty rooms. There should be like a lot of there people. There should be a lot of yeah. like I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about Clue for example. Like yeah. everyone right. shows up at once. Right. Like so. Me so there's a million suspects. So there's a bunch of su- but but like there's people. Murder pe- on the Orient Express. Exactly. Yep. You know, everyone's a suspect, everyone's a possible victim. Like, that's how you do these things. Right. And this one, like, you don't meet some people until fairly late. Mm -hmm. Like, the the daughter, the mother. Like, there's some people that you don't meet till really, really late. The creepy, creepy daughter. Yeah. Wednesday Adams. Wednesday Adams. Wednesday Adams. That's what I wrote down. That's what I wrote down, too. Her forehead is enormous. It is. It really, really is. Poor Wednesday. Every time I see her, I'm mentally redoing. I'm like, just, just. I'm giving her bangs. Please. Please, please have bangs. Poor I, Wednesday. Poor Wednesday. Yeah. But, poor but there, there's like no one there. And I feel like if you're going to have a, a, a murder with a bunch of body counts, like you need a lot of people. long periods of flashback. Yes. With, l- with the steward of Gondor with in them. With Denethor! I know. Wait, who? John Noble. He's Denethor in the Lord of the Rings movies. He's the, he's steward, the steward of Gondor. Gondor Is that wacky tobacco over Edward? the Palantir. Edward. Yeah, he's the steward of Gondor in the Lord of the Rings he's, movies. He's, and this, this he's is the, the only daddy time. daddy with whom Boromir has Boromir daddy and issues. Faramir, yeah. But, but. <laughs> It was really confusing. I asked you, I'm like, wait, who is that guy? Because I'm looking at the steward of Gondor, who I've never seen in any other film, and he's only in this one in flashbacks. And but I'm, he's in a lot of Australian stuff. Because, is he? Yeah, they only okay. have like 15 guys of that age, apparently, who are <laughs> <laughs> actors, I think. <laughs> no, I was just like, why is the steward of Gondor in all these flashbacks? Who is he? Yeah, I was watching it with the tailor, and we both go, Dazor! <laughs> I apparently am the only one who didn't know this. I I also, so so another thing that does not work for me, which I didn't realize until this one again, I did not believe that Aunt P and her husband would live next door to a mine 10 years before. Like that made no sense to me. It is very odd that you would hear the screams through a mine through your fireplace. No, but wasn't it an air shaft of something? But it was through some sort of grate. But I'm also thinking, like, what grate? They didn't have forced air heating back then. Thank you very much. Well, it would have been mine shaft air 
things. But right? then how does that get into their house? Yeah, it, um, it how do the ventilation shafts for the for the so, mine end up in someone's house? So I feel like they, you could hear. I mean, that's like you could hear Indian down. burial ground times a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that Aunt P could have heard them singing. I don't understand how the guy was getting in through this mysterious... Why were they they living in the Australian Alps? Why was Aunt P not in Melbourne, if that's how we're saying it now? I think it was their holiday home. I think it must have been, because like, it sounds like that was their, like, chalet. That was, like, their ski chalet. It looked that way, sure. By Um, a mine. Well, they they mine in the mountains, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I don't know either. So don't, it's a murder mystery. Don't you think too hard about it? <laughs> I'm just picturing the writer's room. I know she owns a mine. <laughs> yeah. And then and then no one would believe her that she heard the music. I know because P. she's a, an old lady. Even Edward didn't believe her, which was very wrong of him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> he was kind of kind of a jerk, actually. Not really, no. but like. Just I'm not, not sure he had a speaking line, did he? He did. He did. But just a couple. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of things we're naysaying, I have a whole category of things that I have labeled grumpy cat no. Um, like the maid's dress with the drop waist. <laughs> uh, Aunt P's, that huge doily that Aunt P wears. The giant white bow It's almost thing? like, it's almost Applique? like a, yeah. Yeah. It's like a rain slicker of doily. <laughs> no. I guess these are all just costumes. Are they all costumes? Cat nose. I yeah. really like. Oh, the giant bow. Yeah. I really liked the skiing Mac outfit. Yes, it everything was, Mac it does was great. is awesome in this. I've got a menswear column a mile and a half long here because there's so many like belted hunting coats in this thing and <laughs> sweaters and ski outfits and twill jackets. Yeah. And, oh, I've man. started looking at at how Jack and Hugh are dressed thanks to you. Um, and they, they, they look pretty good. This the, is like the, the GQ the sweaters, issue. The sweaters and, and even when we first see, uh, Jack, when Hugh's on the phone, like yeah. I was looking and he's got a sharp looking gray suit yeah. on. Yeah. And I wrote Hugh when not in uniform equals hot H-A-W-T. Yes. I will attest I, that that is what my wife said last night. <laughs> <as well. laughs> I was like, hold up. Let's just, let's just concentrate on Hugh right now. He was in that green sweater. We never see him. I know he doesn't even try, and you can just see muscle. And they Don't. both show up in those natty sweaters. Like, come on. Somehow knowing everything already. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, I love the whole like, you know, anyone dead yet? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, only one, sir, is the answer. You know very well, murder finds only me. Only one so far. I know. I love how shocked she is when Max said, "Friny." Must you find murder everywhere? Right. And no, very well, murder finds me. <laughs> I, I almost so thought, thought that they were poking fun at themselves on their Christmas I episode a little bit. I think so, right? I mean, that's... I, it's like the murder she wrote. Yeah. Epidemic. Yeah. That is a, and Cabot Cove, right. the little town with the highest murder rate bo- in the country. Both, yeah. both Jack's joke and then... And then uh, Mac, and then yeah. that one there, like like they are. They're definitely poking fun. They're definitely poking fun of themselves a little bit on a Christmas episode. Yeah, as you should. Sure, that's so, what that's what it's for. Apparently, this um, episode it was intended to be watched by the entire family, so they they toned it down. It's rated. It was rated G. What? Is that why there's plastic cows in it? <laughs> so I mean, the deaths are not. 
terribly they're gruesome. Not, there's no human trafficking in there's this one. No, you, don't yeah, see, right. you don't see, and you don't see much of it. You don't. No. You don't see them but pulling somebody it, out of the lake. Isn't that kind of extra disturbing? That like the one where we're gonna like have a where everybody dies. Where, is where like we're gonna the have a counting. Plus the, like the little boy in the mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Honestly, That's, if I were gonna rewrite this script, he's the killer. Oh totally. Oh! That's so good. That is so good. Lisa, I'd like to kill you. No, 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 no. Because he's he's like 10 years older. He's grown up, yeah. And and he's... he watched he watched them all die. Let's say That's and he's so he's the good. only so he's like warped, and he heard them singing and so like basically I feel like the only way that you make the song work it's is that he, that, was, that he is he is a warped person and that song is and that a song fixation is for him. fixed in yes. his head. That's so oh, that's how I would do it. And then and again I wouldn't you couldn't do it rated G like every I, cloud can we hire Eric? For <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I I would I would I would make it like the one person who survived but he's warped because oh, of his right. experience yes. and and then and then to explain the the passage of time it's like uh um he for you know he had amnesia for a while. Like you can write that part away, sure. or it just took him a long time. You know, like he had to, to assemble all of. Yeah, and then he had I would to like grow up and get enough like resources right. to make this happen. And then and I would add five more people actually related to the mystery itself. Right. And then I would kill them. I would kill most of them off. Because I was, I had Mary stop it last night, and the second murder takes place 18 minutes into the show. Yeah, like there's you, you that could have been like four murders. <laughs> I mean, saying, what do you think? Kill more people. No, the if you're was too if, slow for the murders. If you're trying to have like the 12 days of Christmas, you gotta you've got the yourself. first murder at the beginning. Yeah. You can't wait 18 minutes for the next one. It's like procrastination. Well, I mean, they come right along after. They that. do come right along after that, but again, inexplicably, skip five and seven. Yeah, you were very bothered by this. Yes. You kept having me pause it and be like, wait, what number was that? That's and so I funny. There was no five golden notice. rings murder, I don't think. I don't think there was. I and cannot. The possibilities for that would be so good. I it know. is interesting. Yeah. And Dot, and I think the reason it's most egregious is Dot was seven swans of swimming, and Hugh was like really worried to discover. But then they just skipped right but then to they the skipped, milk. Well, they skipped was seven. Dumb. They skipped seven and went to to she drank the milk, milk before she was supposed to. She did. That was she was poisoned by the milk. She was, but when was she supposed to drink it? Well, eight comes after seven. So oh, she, so you're uh, saying she, she just, just she picked up her she just death was so early. dumb she picked up the milk too soon. Oh, poor birdie. <laughs> Skip, skipping when when you have this big thing about Hugh's worried about Dot and her being on the list. Yeah, and then you just like whoop. <laughs> so we're skipping seven, and then. <laughs> It it just it doesn't and to have this it be like people who are unrelated just like and then two policemen also are going to be eleven and twelve like yeah. right yeah plus just scr- scurry to get that it, one in place I, I get Quentin and Nicholas mixed oh up. my goodness is Quentin the murderer they, they're, they're like the uh, same um, they even play into this like he right. poses as them but Quentin's the murderer right no, no. Nicholas. Nicholas okay. Looks like David Sedaris to me. <laughs> oh, kind of. There so, was a guy on Ally McBeal, that actor. He's like a combination of David Sedaris and that guy, whose so name I don't know. It's actually very close to um, what happens in And Then There Were None, because oh. it's like, I think it's five red herrings or something like that, mm-hmm. or five little herrings, or it's oh, something like that. Yeah. And um, in the story, the actual murderer pretends to be one of, one of the, the dead f- guys. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
the the fifth. Yeah, and then this, they, he switches. That's that. I like that little gruesome tidbit where he makes the shoes fit well, by cutting off the toes. So like gross. It was that's gross. gross. I mean, Again, they, I, I'm shocked to hear you say that it, this that, is, was like the family episode. Yeah, it actually yeah, played an hour earlier than normal. Then it's normal time slot. Maybe they, so they set had a high to, like, threshold for gruesomeness. And uh, well, I mean, they didn't show anything. They didn't I think show that, much. And that's always the thing. They're like, well, we didn't show anything. Yeah, but my mind is filling in those blanks. Yeah, and yeah. it is probably like 20 times worse than that's had true. you shown it. So this is uh, the, one of the things I wrote down is, you know, it wouldn't be a murder mystery without an old house with lots of revolvers lying around mm-hmm. and a power outage. It, <laughs> it was very true. It was a great setting. And I, I'm with you. The interiors. So, and the sweaters. I have so many like, notes about the Mary Mary doesn't like places like that, but like <gasps> I would love to no, be there. Them. Except I loved it on TV. Like it was beautiful. Oh. Oh, it, was it was beautiful. It was just so a perfect a location. Place. Everything looked candied to me. That is, it's, it looked candied. Yeah, all of the decorations. Looked, oh yeah, looked a little, like even the little like even the little lights. They, they all looked, kind of looked like they had a sugar glaze. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so that that place is called. Um, I can't read my handwriting here. I think I wrote Altham. Uh, that's the location. It is called Montel- Montsalvat. Yeah, Montsalvat. Yeah, so it was um, Australia's oldest artist community. It was built in 1934, um, and it it was also like a self-sufficient farm. Um, hence, all of the like rabbit hutches and I mean, a place like that would have had would have had that anyway because yeah. of the remote location. But um, it kind of became a thing there. But I loved. So I live in the house of like storing stuff for the winter and all of that. So. I totally noticed that stuff. And I love all the little details, like the the cold storage unit for, like, the game, all the rabbits hanging from in there. Mm. And I love that they just stuck stuck the bodies in there. Um, And there's this great detail where the door, I think it's the door into the kitchen, is so huge and heavy that they had to put a caster on. I saw the caster, yeah. On the, oh, wow. The, the door Is it like a barn it. door? Like a rolling? No. No, it's just such a big, heavy oak door that they, you wouldn't be able to lift it, and it would probably be too heavy for the hinges Hang off anyway. The hinges. So they put a caster on the doorknob side of it. And wow. Yeah. yeah. Not messing around with They showed that when they were locking up the house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, which time? The first or the second time? <laughs> when Hugh. <laughs> Is this after? Is this? I can't remember. So I feel like they were so inefficient with the first lockdown. Like, okay, get, it's, it's gather really hard everyone. To lock down a place like that. It's gather, huge. gather everyone. Yeah. They should have the gathered same everyone. Room. Yeah, you have to all stay together and then bar the doors. In and their everything. defense, they thought that the person had left. Skis were gone. True. So they thought they were all safe until the next body. I, have they not seen any murder mysteries? I know. I know. Jack was really falling down on the on the job here. Yeah. They needed to all be together. They're also like the fact that we couldn't see everybody just left things empty and I think you needed to squash everybody together to really heighten that sense of anxiety. Yeah. Well, and and again, like like you needed that establishing like you needed to get everyone in the same room at the very beginning so that you could know who is, you mm-hmm. know, g- give me a shot so I can see who's right. my list of suspects and victims. Right. Um, and then start killing them and off. And we have so that, these two hobbit men who look exactly the same. <laughs> it's it's this weird thing where like the 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 group should have gotten smaller as they died, and yet it actually ended up getting bigger. It's true. <laughs> it's it's very strange. That's true. And that whole like 
it was very Robert Altman in the way that they never like it was impossible to keep everybody straight because nobody yeah. was ever together and nobody's yep. you know people's names got said when they weren't in the shot. Yes, yes. I, that's what drives me crazy about like Gosford Park is <laughs> I still don't know who I've seen that movie like fifteen times and I still don't know who half the people are because they're only named off screen. Right. My, uh, so my habit doing my rewatch. I start naming the characters. Like I, I start a oh, list. That's really smart. This one was so hard. Really People kept hard. appearing. I didn't, I didn't leave enough room on the page for that column. Right. And so I had to keep filling it in because people would appear. You don't yeah. see Birdie until really late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she's referenced constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, they, they, they could have taken the family drama with uh, Wednesday and her <laughs> stepdad. and all, Like you could have just done away with all of that. Yeah. Maybe done away with, with a family and just had more people who are like evil mining people or mm-hmm. something like well, and that. Well, plus like that murder with the the little knockoff Rodan on a string fall. That was so lame. That was the lamest. Yeah. And that's their two turtle doves. Yeah, like, like here you got you got not you you got killed by a plaster of Paris knockoff of a Rodin sculpture. And and the four calling birds, she heard four calls. Okay, that that sound though was totally creepy. The, it was, was creepy. The sound out of the I agree thing. it was creepy. And actually the that was attempt like John on Noble Nazgul creepy. That attempt on Ampy's life was really terrifying. That was creepy. To get that because you get the camera. <sighs> the shot. Like, Why the hell did you go outside, Aunt P? Right. What? I know, I was really irritated. I want to know her. how you can drown in a bird bath taller than yourself. Well, okay, so the school... <laughs> like, they, in the shots, it's pretty clearly taller than her. There there are massive plot questions in this. Okay, like, like I'm just the, thinking about, like, the, the visual of Aunt P's horrified face. Yes, and, from like, that angle. That was terrifying. Very well yes. done. And the that sound, the sound yeah. of the calling birds was terrifying. Yeah, and we needed creepy. that replicated the rest of the times, however many yeah. there were. I don't... I lost count. I have oh. no idea... Because they didn't let you count, because they skipped five and seven. You were so irritated. <laughs> my notes are really disorganized here. I just found my note that says, ah, the old book attached to the mini Rodan trick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a show that feels comfortable doing the block of ice melted, and so... Oh, like, I know. Like, this show is totally okay doing the silly... The over-the-top. The over-the-top thing. That's why we usually don't really focus on the mystery at all. And and it's, I think that the, that the problem was is that they set up something here that they just couldn't sustain while doing the normal things that make the show so yeah. delightful. But but you're right. Like like one of the one of my favorite Christmas episodes of a show is uh, the X-Files with yes. the ghosts who stole Christmas. Lily, Tom- Lily, oh, yeah, Lily yeah. Tomlin and Ed Asner are the ghosts. And God, I forgot about that. It's a, it's, tw- it's 19 years old now. Like, no, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Shut so, up. so it's a great example to me because like it's, it's about the Christmas season. Like people, you know, lovers come here and they die and Mulder's talking about like, did you know that people kill themselves more often at Christmas? Like, like Christmas can be hard for some people. Sure. And so it deals with that. And then it brings them together for a happy Christmas ending. And I feel like they've earned it in that situation because like they both went you know, they, they both distrusted each other yeah. and then mm-hmm. they're coming together because they remembered that they, and, and I think that this needed more of that, like dealing with either a family relationship between like Aunt P and Phryne and them reconciling at the end right. or something with Jack and, and mm-hmm. Phryne. Or even Hugh and Dot. Or even yeah. Hugh and Dot. Yeah. Yeah. But they just didn't have time for it, it seemed. I think the the biggest question that I still don't understand plot wise is actually why did Nicholas 
think that killing the miners was going to get him the gold. Like, so, th- yep, so like- the little boy comes and says, they're alive. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, that's bad. Bad? Why? So he smothers the boy and then explodes another collapse to kill all of the miners. But then blames someone else for stealing the gold? Like, like save the miners so they can get your gold. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like maybe kill them after they're out of the mine and you've got your gold in hand. Like, I don't understand why he killed... I don't understand why he killed them, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. It confuses it was me. I got to shut down the mine, right? To get no, the he mine. didn't want the mine shut down. I don't think because because he, he was mad. He was mad that they were going to shut it down because the conditions were unsafe, right? Is that why they were going to like maybe? So maybe they couldn't afford to fix up the mine. I don't know. There was something about a report that maybe fig- factored mm, in, like the report yeah. said it was unsafe. But wasn't he digging for it himself? Eventually, and he had built later. these. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and so then, the, then the pending sale... a really inefficient way to get rich, I'm just saying. And be. then the pending sale was going to cost him his... You know, he was going to lose out on the gold yeah. down in the... I, it was very much uh, a Star Trek mine. Well, it like, is... Like, <laughs> like, flat ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like... it also... It, I mean, it would have made more sense had... You know, the mine is long shut, but the proceeds are going to be inherited by all these family members. And so that's why he kills them all, all off. One to stop their one. inheritance. I yeah, like that. Like, Ooh. that would be easy peasy. Let's go. But the whole, like, I killed all these guys and Aunt P really doesn't remember it, but I'm helping her remember it by traumatizing her. <laughs> so I can't get off scot-free for that anymore. I, yeah, it's really unclear. It, Yeah. And and if you're gonna commit to the to the card, you know, to the cards and the song and the whole thing, yeah. like you just need a way more compelling reason, um, I think, to to make it work. Yep. Um, I I also this is this is a very small nitpick, but their fake snow budget was really small. <laughs> And Why? like I could see like green hills in the background sometime <laughs> and like the, the, the patio was clear of snow and yeah. every time they showed the road, the road was basically clear. And yet at the same time, they're like, we can't get out. And I'm like, but, but the road's clear. Yeah. Like I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently they had the snow machines on a lot and they were really loud. And so they had to do a lot of dialogue dubbing because uh, of the snow machines. What? <laughs> 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 That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, True. You told True me fact. something last night about the there's some some scene of them dancing in the snow that made oh, you. Oh yeah, there's a behind the scenes snippet, like a little gif that's going around on the tumblers, and and they're like, so it's the scene when Mac is outside in the snow. She's just been conked on the head. I love that shot where it's like above her mm-hmm. and she's looking so stylish. She was making that. a snow angel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she was. No, I think that's she what she was doing. She basically she was basically yeah. like that. I think that. that's what they were doing in the shot. I can't remember exactly. There's they're doing some shenanigans in this yeah. behind the scenes, and I was telling Eric as we're watching. I'm like, now that's all I can think of when I see her yeah. on the ground. I'm not like, oh no, Mac. I'm thinking of the shenanigans. Mac, Mac made a poor decision. There. She did. How can I get past? Yes, the I will decisions? go off skiing down a mountain without telling anyone. Down. There's a murderer on the loose. I won't tell anyone. La- Lang lapping is that? Yeah. It? What is that? Yeah. Is what, that cross country skiing? It must be. She she does not say skiing. No, she's a lang lapper. Lang lapper. And then she was checking Australian the, for the lang lapping uh, 
situation outside, must, like to see if the I don't know conditions were were ripe for lang lapping. It must be Australian for cross country skiing. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I have pocket internet. I can look it up. <laughs> <laughs> lang. But yeah, I can't. It's like I can't muster the sympathy for these characters when they've been so stupid as to go off by themselves. And that's like my classic problem with anything of this nature and mysteries in general, which now like they're making fun of them, you know, in modern movies, like, right. oh, this is where I die. Cause I just, right. yeah. You can, you can create at least semi plausible reasons, you know, like in stranger things, like we need someone to go down and turn on the power and reboot the computer. Right. Like yeah. you can, you can create a logical that's true. Reason for someone to separate from the group. But I would say that, like, I'm just going to go, go ski, try check and, the road conditions. Yeah, I love the bit where they go out to get the person who goes out to get eggs, though. That was great. The, the, the murderer that's out in the. Bert, when Bert, I think it's Bertie who finds uh, yeah. the, the old dude. Yeah. Chester, is it three wait. French hens? Yeah, three, three French hens. Three French hens. She find, but see, it's not Chester. No, it's the old guy. No, that he's Chester. Oh, that's, that's the groundskeeper. That's the fake. Right? Um, that's the fake one where they think it's Quentin. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But they. But again, this is the problem. Like his head's blown off, so we can't tell for sure it's Quentin. And again, now knowing that this is the family episode, like it creates confusion there. Yeah. yeah. Because there were two guys <laughs> who you couldn't, who you could tell apart, kind of, but not quite. And uh-huh. then they both disappear at the same time because one's dead and one's the killer. Okay. Um. Yeah, it, it creates a little confusion. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, uh, Chandler, what are the other uh, movies in rotation and Christmas spe- specials oh in my rotation God. for we you? We have a whole section. Do you, our, really? Yeah. We have, let's see, we usually start out by watching Christmas Vacation. Nice. Because the, the, the dysfunction hits a little close to home, and we love that. Uh, <laughs> I love the ref. The Taylor doesn't like it. I think he, I think it's too harsh for him, but I think it's hilarious. Um, Great dialogue. Trading Places. It's a Christmas movie? Yeah. Hmm. Christmas to New Year's. Hmm. Um, it's kind of in the background, yeah. but it's, yeah. And there's this great scene where um, Dan Aykroyd is a drunken Santa, and he, he's at a company Christmas party, and he sticks a whole smoked salmon in his jacket, and then he, like, pulls it out on the bus and is, like, eating salmon through his gross beard. It's so good. And people on the bus are like, oh, my God. I laugh so hard every time. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of like animated ones that we watch, like Charlie Brown Christmas yeah. and all of that. There's a lot of Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot and we have a lot of them. Who yeah. you who is the director who uses Christmas? Uh Shane Black, who's the writer director. That is so wise. I mean all of his yeah. reasoning is dead on. Like yeah. people are out of their normal habits. Everybody's amped up, like Yes, and, yeah. and, and you have lights and, and stuff. And he does. He usually does yeah, the action is movies. Great yeah. action movies. Yeah. So so he's and and like the the uh, the first scene of Lethal Weapon, which I've I think I've tried to get you to watch a couple times. I've, you have made me watch it a couple. No, times. I feel like that's that Die Bruce Hard. Willis and no, that's, that's die, hard. die Hard. Oh my gosh, okay. I cannot. Okay, so See, I le- get that mixed up. Thank you. Because we're girls. Thank you. Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I cannot remember. Lethal which Weapon one is, which. is is Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Oh right, and they're and they're but it's a buddy cop. Mel, is Gibson, Mel Gibson in in the other one too. Is that why I'm getting the no? He's up? not in Die Hard. Oh. I know, so but so I Mel Gibson so is suicidal, and and I I have heard that it's because of how well he did in that that they cast him in Hamlet. Hmm. Um, so he's he gives a very good performance. 
Um, and they're trying to catch a bad guy in like the first scene. Um, they're ch- he, he's, he's like doing the, the, you know, he's got his gun out and he's trying to find the bad guy through a Christmas tree lot, which is really like nice. Ooh, like yeah, it's, cool. it's really good. Suspenseful. Like, like they that's use Christmas creepy. really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis are like the same tier of celebrity and I like, never get them mixed up though because Bruce Willis looks like Homer Simpson and yeah. Mel Gibson is a horrible human being. So <laughs> That's how you keep up keep track. That's how I keep track. <laughs> what do you what do you are you gonna watch the ref this year, given the Kevin Spacey I don't know because we don't actually own that one. I've been mm. watching it on it's always on Netflix, like for streaming. Oh yeah. I don't know because yeah, Kevin Spacey is a bit hard to handle right now, yeah. and so yeah, I don't know if I will. Mm-hmm. But there's so like there's there's some great classics too, like The Bishop's Wife, which is great. It's um, Cary Grant, and it was remade in the '90s as The Preacher's Wife right. with Denzel Washington playing right. uh, Cary Grant's angel role, which no shade or anything, but it's hard to top Cary Grant. Cary Grant, even though he has a butt chin, and I have <laughs> problems with that. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, although we usually like watch that. We don't watch that every year. It's a bit much to take, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. There's tons. There are just hmm. tons and tons and tons. I, I like Elf. I and still have never seen Elf, what? so this year it, we're buying it. It, yeah. like, it, it is, it it is funny and Christmassy, and our five-year-old daughter is very excited to watch it this year, although I think she might have actually seen parts of it at school. Yeah. But, but I am... I have heard enough sound clips from it that I've practically seen the movie because yeah, it's like so quotable. Yeah. But yeah, I have not actually seen it's, it, so this year we're going to do it's that. It's good fun. I know. I ran I, into the filming of it when oh, we were right. in New York. Oh, wow. I was at the end of Central Park, and they were filming something, and, and I asked around, and they're like, we're doing Elf. With, uh, what's the actor's name? Why can I not? Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. yeah. And he had just left Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah I was this like, was like his first thing he did yeah. post. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, this isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a couple good uh, Christmas war movies. There's a Midnight Clear with Ethan Hawke, which oh. is World War II. And I, then there's Joy Noel, which is about... Um, is that about when World War One? when World the two War sides One, when, when the, they both came out and yeah. they celebrated Christmas mm-hmm. together. And they had the... Was it a baseball game or a snowball had, fight and snowball played soccer fi- yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, soccer match that was it but what was interesting that one went went further than I expected it to it went a few days past Christmas yeah I think um, I think my husband has that has yeah. that one I think he's into that one have you seen Arthur Arthur Christmas no it's recent mm-hmm. it's like an animated it was a British computer animated thing and it really flew under the radar in this country and James McAvoy is Arthur it is so good it's really good huh I, I would like to tell you about a Christmas thing that I really enjoy, and this was the first gift that I think I ever gave Mary for Christmas. It is A Crime for Christmas, the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys crossover book. It's that, a super mystery. Look at that, that is cover. a super mystery. It's like 1980s mall chic. Where, yeah. uh, so Joe Hardy looks like a 30-year-old. He's like He's, He does not look like a teenager. Um, Nancy Drew's looking very, very chic. This is set in New York, so that's one of the reasons Mary liked it. Yeah, and they're actually er- on the ice rink, or like in they're, they're of like the ice at, rink Rockefeller at Rockefeller Center. Center. Yeah. And yeah. they're using the like um, 1950s diner font for mm-hmm. Super Mystery. Yes. Um, so Mary and I both read this as kids. 
and like remembered it and were talking to each other about it. And the scene in the taxi where they were stopped by like the traffic or the parade and the taxi driver is like, I don't remember anyone having so much fun when the meter's running or something like that. Yeah, he like breaks them out of their conversation to let them know that they're going to be paying a whole bunch on this taxi ride. And somehow both Mary and I remembered that. Yeah, we're like, why would you ever do that? But for some reason that that stuck with us. And you knew it was meant to be. And we knew it was meant to be. So I found this on eBay or Amazon or something and got it for Mary as an early Christmas gift. Oh, yeah. Nancy yeah. Drew, Hardy Boys, Super Mystery. That is so good. You're the gift whisperer. That's so <laughs> You're good. very good at gifts. The other thing that we do, one of our big traditions is we have a, we have a collection of SNL Christmas mm. skits. Mm. And, and the old ones are just so good. Like there's the, you know, the Martha Stewart topless Christmas yes. special. And, the, and my favorite is the Christmas album of the dysfunctional family Christmas. And it's like Phil Hartman and Dana Carvey and stuff. And, and he, and Dana Carvey goes, leave me alone. I'm doing fine. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, Justin Timberlake as the cup of soup. Oh, couple, who, yeah. who start, takes on the Salvation Army. Yeah. Yes. That one's pretty... Yeah. yeah. Last year, we did Harry Potter, the entire movie Yeah, between, between Christmas yeah. and New Year's. We I remember that. I, I, weren't you, like, live-tweeting it or something at Probably. one point? Yeah. Were. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. We've done that. There is something vaguely Christmassy. We often watch those at Halloween, too, because there's always... Mm. In the books, there's always some major event that happens on Halloween, like, you know, Harry's parents being murdered or the troll Such getting as. into the girl's bathroom. And there's always, a, there's, and those huh. books are always structured around. I always think of that as, a, as, as Christmassy because Christmas is yeah. so important to Harry. And, and Hedwig's theme, I think, like is very Christmassy. Yeah, because it's the Celesta. It's, it's got those. Anything with the slightly creepy Celesta is very. Halloween's just not my ha- holiday. Like, I'm, I'm all Christmas. I was born two hours before Halloween. Nah. So, had I been born in the Eastern time zone, it would have been Halloween. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, does that mean you like Halloween or you resent Love the hell out of we it? Had, we had like costume parties for my birthday mm. when I was a kid. It was awesome. Or we'd That's go to fun. awesome haunted houses. And um, we, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts, so there's some top-notch Halloween stuff out there. We'd go to the Salem Witches Museum on my birthday, or we'd go up to like Hammond Castle up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, Mm. has a top-notch, creepy as hell haunted house, like in an old like Victorian mansion. I hadn't thought of the witches thing as being a Halloween thing. Oh, Salem plays it up on Halloween. But they weren't witches. I know, but but, but <laughs> that's the whole point. They know, weren't actually whole witches. Thing is like, come be a witch on but Halloween. But they weren't witches. I know. I know. <laughs> they now have a statue of Samantha from Bewitched. That was Are you like, kidding? It was donated by Nick at night in like the 90s. It's terrible. Just like Minneapolis has the Mary Tyler Moore statue, they right. have an ugly Samantha statue in Salem, Massachusetts. But that doesn't and make she's sense. she's sitting on a Mary, big old crescent moon. Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat in front of what was That is was the Dayton. ugliest statue but ever. it makes sense. It's Total something you sense. want to commemorate. I know. Yes. I know. This makes you, is, I guess, is, I guess bewi- want to hang Elizabeth Montgomery. Was Bewitched <laughs> set in Salem? No. Okay. No. There's no connection at all. What's just, yeah. She's a witch. <laughs> yeah. A witch. But we don't burn them here. Like, that should be the marketing. Them. And then, in one case, pile rocks on their chest. Shout oh, out to man. Charles Corey. <laughs> should we talk costumes? Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? Well, I mentioned how much I like skiing, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about sweaters. I don't think we've talked about Mrs. Claus. 
Mrs. Claus. I'm sorry, who? Franny in her uh, oh. get up. And oh, her like <laughs> vaguely Russian outfit. She looks like Mrs. Claus. It's her like skating outfit. It's the it's the and then she even has to like dance at the end. Oh, yeah, oh that's so bad. I know. So I can't bad. Nine ladies it. dancing. I sort of repressed that part actually. <laughs> <laughs> I of all episodes of this entire series, the mistletoe one is the one I have watched the least. Because because why? You know, except Chandler's watching it every I year. It's the interiors and the sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I'm a sucker for anything Christmas themed. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, her outfit is really kind of amazing because it's, it's multifaceted. Like it's many parts. She's got the like fur so hat. The coat that she's wearing. Thing, like what? During most of the episode when she's inside, she's wearing like a coat. Like slash a, sweater. Yeah, like it's like a long, it's a long sweater coat, like a yeah. car coat. But it's got the fuzzy, the muff cuffs. And it's got the, like, uh, um, Fair Isle or... I'm, I'm getting my knits <laughs> mixed up. I don't think this is knit. I think it's yeah, you're right or something. You're right. Or, like, it's woven somehow. You're right. I'm getting but, it mixed up. But what's amazing to me is how is the evolution of this costume. She just keeps adding bits to it. Yes, because then the coat, when she's in the mine, we get to see the the entire outerwear portion of this, and she adds the hat with yeah. the, the fur. Uh, she becomes like Princess Anastasia's magical yes. winter wear catalog. But what is so amazing is that outer coat perfectly frames the button placket the original oh. button placket, like the one, the underneath one. What's a placket? Uh, uh, the the panel where the buttons are. There's a name for that. <laughs> yeah, so like the front of your shirt, that's this the is a placket. placket. You should hang out with the tailor. This, so I on should, your, clearly. On your sleeve that goes down from your cuff, that's also a placket. This is a placket. So the button placket, they keep as the focus of the front of this outfit, even, which I think would be kind of cool, right? Because don't you like want more layers? So why, why would you carve away the outer layer to like reveal yeah. the fashion is never functional. It is. Yeah. Hello. Skirts. With and this thing is amazing. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it has like the, um, cording. There's black cording that frames the cutout portion so that it's like all about the button placket. Maybe it's, just, it's, maybe it's the coat is meant to be worn without anything under it and that's like a secret like sexy <laughs> panel <laughs> it's, it's or an were it an actual skating outfit that's where the nude like oh, stretchy right, the, stuff the would go panel. like yeah that's really funny a childhood figure skater here <laughs> i remember those outfits it's just amazing the whole thing like watching that entire costume evolve and then and oh then, and leg warmers yes the leg warmers with the tab I, in the back now i'm remembering uh, yeah they look like athletic socks it kind of bugs me it's for her aerobics video <laughs> <laughs> i would watch that oh my goodness i would watch that that could sell okay max olive green fedora i just mm, love that it's great I, Aunt P with the black velvet burnout fabric and the giant, giant bow. It's just, I don't, mm -mm. yeah. You know, it's funny because front, Aunt P is always in like, you know, widow's clothing. She's mm -hmm. always in like grays and she blacks and things. But, and of course, Dot is in her trademark peach. Even her, even her hat is peach. Her winter, her little yeah. knitted winter hat yep. is peach. Um, and then Franny's in full on Christmas colors the whole time. She's in reds and greens the whole the That's whole true. time yeah 
And then who is it? Jack that wears that green, like it's like a fisherman's gansey. Yeah. Wait, is that like the belted coat? Yeah, it's a sweater. It, it's the, oh yes, um, but it's under the belted hunting mm-hmm. jacket. Yes, he wears <sighs> that, and it's a little too short. I'm okay with that. So there's a behind the scenes of S.E. Davis like tugging it down. Okay, but from that, to be fair, from that period, pants were very, very, very high waisted. Yeah. So the waist would have been like here, and then the the sweaters were really short. <laughs> it's like a crop top sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> yes, I would not be alone in that wish. The thing that I love about those belted hunting jackets is how the so the. And so they're constructed this way to allow for greater range of movement for like sportsmen, sort of like shooting deer and like, you know, using your skis. But so the the belt loops become the reinforced seams up to the shoulders. It's all one piece of fabric that's like stitched oh. down all the way to the belt and then they leave a bit of it open oh, wow. and it becomes the belt loop. Wow. Such a great detail. That is. I love it. Wait, so... They are supposed to provide structural integrity to the jacket. I think they. Or I think they are. It's basically, it's like reinforced seams so that you can move around a lot without without popping tearing your seams okay. anywhere. Okay. Because it yeah. seems like that would make it more restrictive. So it, I wasn't sure what the point it of it might, but I think it's just to make the whole thing sturdier. Because hmm. wow. they're assuming you're going to be moving your arms around a lot. It's like a like a corset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. But the, the boning. They can't. I guess they can't call them princess seams in a dude coat. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of that's I'm learning they, a that's lot of new, that's yeah. what they would be if it were Eric has a very confused look on his face so let's go back to the really awesome part of this episode which is the very final scene in Franny's parlor the Christmas ah. party it's a Christmas party but it's but it's July so they're having a Christmas in July right, right. because right. July is actual winter there right so they're saving Christmas for when they can have it in the winter. Is I'm that right? I'm just wondering if they get it twice a year, which is awesome if they do. Oh, that would be very smart. I, yeah. I would, I've never experienced a Southern Hemisphere Christmas. No. But you'd think it'd be fairly miserable because all of the traditional music is about snow and winter and all everything else. Wait, our and music our, is. Yeah, I wonder what theirs, like, but I haven't come, done a but, search for Australian Christmas But they Christmas are descended tunes. from British culture. That's so true. they would have, yeah. even if they have their own, they would have inherited That's a true. lot mm-hmm. of the British stuff. Yes. Right. So... So are they celebrating at home because Jane is home? Yes. Okay. So it's sort On of like a... break. Winter break. From Marseille. Yes. Which is a long ways to go. For a break. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would have probably just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. she comes home. But she comes home. Yeah, so, so I, I feel like that scene was, was really good, but I think it would have been a stronger scene and you would have had more Christmas spirit mm. if the plot had dealt with any of the relationships in that room in a better way so that then so that you, they come through they, it and they, they come through it and then they, they get the Christmas, mm. you get the, the family or the romance or the whatever it is after going through whatever you went through as, in, the, yeah. in the plot. Like I, th- I think it, it could have been a little bit better that we way. We only have one moment with Jack and Franny back at the murder They're in the tunnels house. and they go looking for Mac. No, I'm thinking like romantical oh. moment and it's when they're going to bed. They've been oh. told everybody needs to go to their beds and I think he or she is carrying a candle. They both are. Okay. And then he says, lock it tight, Miss Fisher. <laughs> and she says, but Jack, if I lock my door, nobody can get in. A wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And that was like, like clang, it. you drop something there. And he says, it's too risky, which can be taken... Many ways, really, in that relationship. But, 
risky for what? That Aunt P's going to walk in on you again? No, the killer. The killer, yeah. I know. No, he's actually, he's like using the killer to get out of it. So then go in the room and then lock the door. (laughs) But they're both in there. Right? Right. They'll save each other. Two against one. Where's that fan fiction? Oh, it's, I have yeah. read it. Have, <laughs> it exists. Times several, and I've read it. Um, <laughs> no, but that's like the only mention of their burgeoning relationship at all, or like the only allusion yeah. to it. And so I wish that they had played up that in a few more places throughout, so that then when we get to this final scene in the parlor, it actually is very hard for me to watch, which is crazy because this is what I've been wanting the whole damn time. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I need to not watch them when they are saying these lines about parasitic hemma, whatever, whatever, because Jack says it in like kind of a dirty way. Sprigs like, of parasitic greenery. Yeah. But then he says the the Latin term for it and kind of like, I'm, I'm too young to listen to this. Like, <laughs> this is, we'll tell you when you're older. It, <laughs> I, I was disappointed that they didn't at least get to have a little smooch. Yeah. I, know. I mean, come on. They could have done the aunt P Bert arrangement, like right. the kiss on the cheek. You know, one of the things that I'm remembering is, uh, X-Files did a new year's Eve episode. Mm. And I believe it was the first time that Mulder and Scully kissed. And why am I blanking on this? I think you're right. And what what was nice about it is is like they gave you what they wanted, but they took it took it away. They took it, yeah. Because it was like just a New Year's like like that was their whole MO. take it away. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like like It's like every show in existence ever, the will they won't they? Like they finally do, but then five minutes later they have a big fight or, or some misunderstanding right. and then But this one kinda undercuts it simply because it's New Year's Eve. Mm, so like yeah. you, you can and I and I, I feel like they could have done something um yeah similar where they kind of give you what you want but not exactly because it's under the mistletoe the parasitic green <laughs> also i can't believe that they would have the same song on again because come on the right. most annoying yeah is- worst like, version of the worst like, song the, after that aunt pia is cured of her phobia like come on <laughs> yeah. it should be 10 times worse she's switching in the corner <laughs> No, make it stop. Just, just turn it down when they get to four. <laughs> so the, I do have a couple other little notes. One, Mac rocked the combination of jodhpurs and leg warmers like a boss. She did. That's <laughs> like, true. So good. Also, the other thing I really liked about the interiors is the the house, the weird house, had all these curiosity cabinets in mm-hmm. them, which I love. And that reminded me of another Christmas thing that I love is I love going down to Ashland, Oregon during Christmas because even though it's not like the Shakespeare Festival isn't running at that time, like the town is all it's festive, cute town. really cute yeah. town. And I always stay at the Ashland Springs Hotel, which is the old hotel there. And that hotel is all decked out in like old curiosity Mm. cabinet so that has become like a christmas thing for me is like seeing these like birds nests and like butterflies and stuff i I think that that these stories are really satisfying where it's like either there's a lot of suspects or there's a you know a lot of victims Mm. or either way like like the 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 clothes you know no one no one can get in or out for whatever reason snow's a really good one no one can get in or out. So the killer or the victims are all in the same room and it's one of us. And like, it's... And the mistrust are... that gets Brit, like, mm-hmm. I don't trust you, you yes, don't trust me. Yes, you've got me. the human level to it. Like, everybody looking askance at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wondering yeah, it, who could have done it. It's ripe for, for so much good stuff. And yeah. I think it is ripe for Christmas, even. Mm-hmm. Well, do we have 
a toast for this episode? I'm just here for the knitwear anyway. So <laughs> I think we should toast uh, to 12 Lords of Leaping. <laughs> okay. Why not? Sure. We didn't get we didn't get to to Jack. I think he was 12, so. Hmm. And how lordly he is. And how lordly he, he is. <laughs> All right. All right. Merry Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Because they have, apparently there's like a massive, like the world's largest mistletoe is the West Australian Christmas tree. Hmm. It's a giant parasite. That's interesting. Yeah. You're a giant parasite. You're a giant, (laughs) yeah.